Do you know the top three ways to recognize your staff? Stay tuned today and you'll find out. Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I'm a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform health. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have otherwise heard from. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Healthcare Soothsayers. Our guest today is Sarah McVannell, CEO and founder of Greatness Magnified, a practice focused on optimizing the workplace by elevating employee recognition. Sarah, I am so excited to be talking with you today. I'm so excited to be here. Let's talk some truth about amazing workplaces in healthcare. I believe that it's it's essential for our healthcare folks, don't you? Oh my gosh. Healthcare is struggling with turnover. It's going through the roof. Burnout is is just brutal right now. Help us understand what's going on. Well, one of the things is it's revealing that we have, of course, many issues beforehand. We knew that there wasn't uh, an abundance of nurses before. You know, none of that is new. But I think where a lot of our the hope we can have, especially as leaders and administrators, is that what how do we support the people who are there to stay? And that's what I get really excited about with recognition because people who like who they work with, where they work, they feel psychologically safe and they feel they have an environment where they can do their best work within the constraints that exist in the system, which we all, I think, understand and appreciate exist. They want to come to work. We can't really, I think we need to be focusing on how do we keep people from moving out of the field? moving out of the industry, and maybe not even coming in in the first place. If we have recognition-rich environments where people feel valued, they're going to come back the next day, and they are going to stay in this profession. Okay, so wait a minute. You just threw some Maslow in here, right? You threw (laughs) in feeling psychologically safe and secure. So you made it sound as though that's incredibly important as we work to build a good culture. Well, I mean, we for a long time said, oh, nurses eat their young, as if that's okay. (laughs) You know, you and I have some uh, rock star colleagues in this field who are working very, very hard to reduce incivility in, in healthcare, which is great. And there's a lot of people who are still working, who have the the years and years of having suffered through that. So part of it is we need to fix some things that we have put up with in the past. I know we're trying very hard to uh, move towards more respectful communication between professions as well. And let's assume that none of those issues exist. Can we assume just for a moment, Bonnie, that nobody's bullied or treated badly based on hierarchy? Can we just, you know, be a bit... Okay, I'm erasing that from my mind. Okay. Now let's take a look. Still, do people feel a sense of belonging? Do they know who's on their team? Does their leader and anyone who's running that that unit or that area at the time understand what their skill set is? What fires them up? Do the patients know the name of their practitioner? These are some pretty basic things. But if you think about it, do you think people always have those in place every single shift, 
every single time they go to work. And if they don't, Bonnie, do they potentially um, feel like they don't matter, that they're just a number? Okay, but wait, Sarah, I recognize my staff every Thursday by buying them breakfast or lunch. Oh my God, don't tell me about the stale donuts. Please don't, please don't. <laughs> so you're saying that's not enough? Well, I mean, hey, it's it's nice to do nice things. I would say it can't be this rinse and repeat. And I, I jokingly say about the stale donuts because, you know, it's maybe you have actually truly put heart and soul into it. You know, the local bakery that everybody loves to go to and they can't get out. I mean, that's that's awesome. But can we just agree that that's likely the exception to the rule? It's more like, okay, is it a check in the box? Have I done that today? Yes. Okay. My staff have been appreciated. There's three ways people want to be appreciated more than ever. If you ask any audience that I ask, and it's all the research that we've seen, um, including an analysis that we did for our uh, a book that I wrote, Forever Recognize Others' Greatness, when we ask people, how do you want to be appreciated? Donuts, shockingly, does not make the top of the list. In fact, let me ask you, Bonnie, what do you think are the top of the list? And, and how would you most want to be appreciated? So... It feels to me that I would want just some of this good old fashioned communication and direct dialogue from you. I would yeah. want you to thank me and talk to me and tell me what a good job I just did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's so much that we can see, even if we have this huge span of control. You All you have to do is walk through a unit, walk through a department, visually clock what's going on, and you will absolutely see something that you can acknowledge. And so to your point, number one, 95% of people say, simply tell me thank you. In other words, you paid attention to me and you and you acknowledge me. Number two, make it specific. It doesn't matter the medium, just as you say, find an example, good old-fashioned communication, acknowledge it. Wow, you were really patient with that, with that uh, client, that customer, that patient, that family member. Wow, I, I saw how you jumped right in there before somebody had to ask you to help. That was great. I'm, I really am appreciative of that. So something specific. The third way, 88% of people say, write me a thank you. And I grant, granted, you know, we never have enough pens. <laughs> no matter where you are in a hospital or where long-term care home, there's never enough pens. But imagine again for a moment, we're Pollyanna here, that we actually can find a pen. Um, whether it's a little note on a post-it note that's put on the computer screen and then the, as soon as I go to chart, it's sitting there or a, a thank you card or at huddle, when somebody writes a little note on the whiteboard just before huddle starts and you're like, hey, by the way, heard about how awesome you guys rocked it on shift last night. It, it's humanizing and showing appreciation in ways that folks most want it. If they don't want gift cards, well, I mean, I'm sure people would be happy to have gift cards, but they're not asking for expensive things that we always say, well, we, we'd love to do more recognition, but we don't have the money and we don't have the time. It doesn't take long to say thank you. It doesn't cost any money to, to do these sorts of things. And we can easily make those recognition practices a more sustainable part of our everyday, even Thursday, Donut Thursday. Now, you know, Sarah, that I am very fortunate and I'm the chief clinical officer at WAMBI and we are a health tech company that specializes in using gratitude to really mm -hmm. build such a positive workplace culture. So everything you said is mm -hmm. very much what we do. It's built into our DNA and we start with just say thank you. 
And there are easy ways to do that. So the donut Thursday and the pizza Friday and those kind of things, I think you're right. When I talk to chief nursing officers or CEOs or even nurses around the country, they tell me that the food doesn't cut it. They Mm -hmm. want someone to look them in the eyes and thank them for what they're doing or leave them a really thoughtful note, not a generic you know, just sign your name kind of note, but something that shows it was human and it's individualized. Yeah. Yeah. Brene Brown has a quote that I will never forget. And connection is the energy that exists when people feel seen, heard, and valued. We are in the industry of needing to physically connect and spiritually and emotionally connect with patients and family members, with clients, depending on, you know, obviously your terminology, insert the right terminology here for your organization. We can't do the work that we do, the healing work that we do, the preventative work that we do, unless we connect. So what would make us think for one second that we can't do that for each other? And that's why I say that we have to suspend our, our, some of our belief that this can't be better because of how much we may have experienced early in our career or that seem to be unhealthy practices that can exist in healthcare. I say instead, let's sort of learn and lean into the positive deviance world of healthcare. So how do we learn how to make sure that people wash their hands better? We didn't if we've kept focusing on the units and the areas that weren't doing it well and hammering home to people, you need to wash your hands, that wasn't getting us anywhere. It may be moved the needle a little bit, but didn't make our our workplaces significantly healthier for patients, families, and and each other. It was when we went and studied the people who had such high, uh, even 100% compliance, and we learned what is different. If we just studied this 3% of people who have 100% compliance, what would we learn? And it was little things like change the location of the hand sanitizer dispenser or put up a visual reminder or uh, tell people at orientation. It was little easy things. And that's what I like to talk to leaders, but also it's not just leaders. It's all of the staff. It's all of the physicians who work in the area. What are the, the easy little tweaks that you can make so that recognition become, can become an easy positive, enjoyable, gratitude, uh, enriching part of your day, because that's the power of recognition is it's good for the giver. It's good for the receiver. And granted us humble folks may not handle how to handle a compliment very well at first, but still keep at it and they'll, they'll be able to get it. And then it's good for the patients and families who witness it. I mean, imagine how much more confident you are in the care you're receiving when people witness a positive uh, recognition between two providers or between a manager and a member of staff. You may not even have It's so that very respectful, it. isn't it? It's it so is. very authentic. It is. Yeah. And people are watching. So we just have to assume that, that it's going to be good for patient care when we, it's good for, for uh, each other. And we need to care for each other as much as we're focusing on caring for the patient. So it feels like this should be something that is very natural to us. However, it, it doesn't seem that way in the workplace. Do you, do you think that leaders are adequately prepared to do this, to do it often enough, and, and maybe how they can do it best? It, it really isn't hard to say thank you, yet we don't do it. 
Well, I, and I'm so glad you asked that question because I, I would hate for any leaders listening to this thinking to think that I'm suggesting that they're not doing the very best they can because they absolutely are. Part of it is we do have such high spans of control in healthcare that it can feel like there's no way I'll ever be able to recognize all of my staff. And if I can't recognize everybody, then I probably can't recognize um, anyone because it's not fair. And that's why we do things like we bring in donuts for everybody. And as long as you, you know, do bring in donuts every Thursday, then you'll catch pretty much every shift as as we rotate through the schedule. Um, so that's one of the things is that people are are afraid of not being fair. We do have tall poppy syndrome in healthcare. So if people don't really want to stand out because they could be the target down the road. So we may inadvertently um, unintended consequences of recognition is that somebody may not feel like they're part of the team, the collective whole. So of course we, it's that balance of, of helping people, helping leaders to understand that when you have a recognition rich culture, no, you're not being, you're not playing favorites because you are doing it in different ways with different people on different shifts. And it can be small things that people don't always see. However, you know, your intention is to make sure that people realize what a good job they're doing and catching micro moments of the magic that happens at the bedside or in the hallway or at change of shift that are easily missed, but they're pretty, pretty amazing. Um, okay. So-, so you're making my brain hurt because now you've got me wondering about things like nurses week or hospital mm. week or things like that. Is It does call into question parity and equity and fairness mm. of those kind of things. Do we even have evidence that shows that these are effective weeks to recognize mm. things or was this just to sell more cards? <laughs> Well, I don't think a lot of people are getting cards. I think it was just more of those donuts and ice cream sundaes and things like that. But I don't know. Maybe you worked in a great organization and you actually got cards, which is which is fabulous. Here's the thing. I think it came from a, um, a deep desire to do something that was meaningful. And when we've had legacy cultures where somebody would become a nurse for life and they work in the same organization for life, then rituals really matter. And so there was definitely a time and place where this originated. And given that nurses are the largest group of, of people in any, any hospital and long-term care, well, a lot of long-term care homes, then it makes sense that you're going to do that. The shift to hospital week is trying to acknowledge that it's it, nurses, it's more than nurses that are in the healthcare team. So it was an attempt to, to evolve that and to shift that. Um, it's not all inclusive though. So sometimes, so nurses feel like it's diluted. (laughs) This is what I hear from a lot of folks. It dilutes that they're being acknowledged, uh, which some unions have been extremely unhappy about the shift of that in their organization. And then other groups still don't really feel a part of the fray because they don't feel like they matter every other day of the year. Nobody really talks to the environmental services aide um, or the person who brings up the meals. Uh, it doesn't make eye contact, doesn't ask them for their opinion. And so saying it's hospital week doesn't make them go, oh, they mean me too now. So I would say it comes back to intention. If we're trying to anchor our organization to celebrate everybody for a particular week, I think we need to completely reinvent and rebuild what that can look like. I'm not saying get rid of it because by all means, these are important anchors in our year and they matter very much to many people. And and frankly, they matter to me as somebody who's worked in healthcare almost my whole career. What I would like to suggest is that 
with the evolution, where we've been on, um, with, with, uh, global conversations like this podcast being a global podcast, not just for a specific area. We can make it about a, a global recognition of healthcare providers or have a global nurses week and then have a global environmental services and a global OT week because goodness knows people are not getting able to get away from the bedside to go to their local association conference. So that's one of the things I think that we have an opportunity to do is make it broader. And that allows people to connect with other professionals across different systems, across different parts of the country, the continent, the world. So it's reinventing. And given that we have technology that can do that, given that we have, you know, Wambi has many hospitals and, and other organizations part of the, the system, I think we can get creative. Frankly, nobody gets into administration to become an event planner anyway. So it also takes some of the burden by reinventing these things off of busy leaders, um, organizational development and, and professional practice departments. So that's my suggestion to folks who are listening is, is consider reinventing in the easiest, simplest, most sustainable and authentic way of what your current workforce needs at the moment. Yeah, well, I love that because the other thing that as a chief nurse executive that has often come up is no matter what is provided during that week. So often the question, and I think it comes from a good place. The question is, is this all my work is worth all year long? Is this barbecue dinner or this ice cream sundae or this t-shirt? And the answer is, of course, no. Mm -hmm. You know, we value you as a person. We value your contribution. It's hard to do that. So I I love what you're suggesting here. Well, and really look at where you spend your money is what people are going to say, you know, that dollars and cents equivalent as well. It's, it's emotionally, what does, what are you saying about how I matter? And people will look at that keychain that's branded and say, well, this probably costs $2 or 50 cents or, you know, everybody will have a different idea. And wow, how many did you give out? What a waste of money. So it, it, it has to be something that people value. As you, That burger, do you have gluten-free buns as well as, as, you know, kosher meat as well as, so that's the other thing is that in an age of where we truly are appreciating the importance of a, of a diverse and inclusive workforce, even just some of the rituals that we had are actually not inclusive or diverse. So looking at the value, what, what do people value? And also how do they define what is value allows us to, to look at that. So even things like long service awards, hospitals and um, healthcare organizations having a long history with legacy acknowledgements, the pin and the watch. And with, with budgets being cut more and more, the watch that your grandmother got or your mother got probably has become a lot cheaper. And you maybe don't even get the watch anymore. You have to pick from another catalog. Well, I'll tell you the day that an organization that I used to work in, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. This is part of why I'm so passionate about recognition because I've done it badly myself. I helped them to 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 rebuild a recognition program um, with with a totally streamed down budget. I mean, I think it was cut by to one fifth that it was, and we were told under no uncertain terms by the board, you still have to have the dinner. Well, that pretty much was our whole budget. So instead of doing the watch and all of these amazing things that people have been looking forward to for a long time, they instead had to pick from a catalog. 
And how did we do it? And I'm embarrassed to admit this to you, Bonnie. I don't think I've ever admitted this on a podcast. So you have a way of getting things. All right. So we got the dirt here. You got the dirt. Here it is. I and my team handed out the catalog. And you know what the reaction was? Seriously, 25 years and you're, I'm going to find how much I matter in a catalog. Even just the act of doing that or an email, another organization that I spoke with, they emailed the link and it's like, hey, it's great. People can pick what they want as opposed to we tell them, oh my, the link wasn't working and people had to go back and ask and then the things that were on there that people didn't want and they wanted to change and no, it's sorry, it's a rigid system. This, the way in which we do things matters as much as the thing that we do. So that's another thing that I would suggest folks really take a look at is um, it's, it's not even the event. It's not even the burger. It's how did we do it? Did we send an invite out for people join the barbecue the night before? <laughs> did we make it available across shifts and actually went to scheduling and say, okay, tell me all the rosters. I need to be able to hit pretty much everybody. Maybe the casual staff we won't hit, but I really need to understand when do I strategically need to host different events? We don't usually do that. We host them during the day, at lunchtime, or when the board of the chair of the board's available or the CEO's in the building. And no disrespect to those busy folks. I'm I'm not minimizing that. It's just who is it about again? Right. It's about the frontline provider. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, in, you know what? That's such a powerful perspective because I, I think there's a lot of assumptions built into this kind of stuff, right? Again, I remember being a chief nurse exec and we put a lot of angst into the planning of these annual kind of recognition dinners. And, and this mm-hmm. was prior to the pandemic, but our more tenured staff, particularly those that were looking at the 20 plus years of tenure, like to come to these kind of events. But the mm-hmm. younger staff that might be around that five-year mark or even 10-year mark, we found that a lot of younger people didn't like to have to get dressed mm. up and come sit and have sort of the baked chicken dinner. That right. wasn't fun for them, right? That actually felt more burdensome and oftentimes declined. So it, maybe mm-hmm. this is a know-your-audience kind of um, thing. Yeah, it's that's an, a great way to bottom line it. Know your audience. And when you know your audience, how do you make it desirable so that the people who are there five years, 10 years want to join? You know, I've, I've done a lot of um, appreciation events, for these virtual uh, uh, events. And part of it is redirecting to something motivational or to a, a talk that gives people some skills. Uh, we launched a global nursing appreciation Uh, week this last month. And what appealed to a lot of organizations is we can still do the thing that we normally would do. And then we also have some development and we also have some, some of that global celebration piece that we talked about. And it was something different. Novelty is always good. And it filled a key need that a lot of the newer, younger nurses, you know, 10 years or less we're talking about. And that is I want to learn in this profession. I want to be stimulated. I want to grow. I'm not okay with burning out. My mom burnt out over and over and over again when she, you know, I followed her in her footsteps or I see some of the nurses who have been here who trained me and they tell me like battle scars about all the things that they've had to see and go through. I don't want to go through it that make it that challenging. So, you know, consider how you can make some of these appreciation events ones that are actually appealing 
for people to attend. And that's the, you know, to your point around know your audience. What do the people at different phases of their, their career, what do they need? And if they could build anything, if we could ask them, if they could tell us what they want and we can make it happen, what, how might we? And that's the question I would leave with people. If you're really wanting to have an interesting, build it from the ground up, really from a place of curiosity conversation is how might we, how might we? Well, and that's fabulous, Sarah, because as we think about this, the pandemic has been tragic and incredibly disruptive, Mm -hmm. yet it's also given us opportunities. Mm -hmm. And one of those opportunities truly might be something that's maybe it's simple, maybe it's complex, but let's reinvent recognition and even the service award banquet, right? If we do something else and start from the ground up to rebuild this thing, maybe then it does feel like recognition and appreciation. Yeah. And and the only little caveat I would add to that is um, part of the knowing your audience is also knowing the people who've been looking forward to it. So being careful to honor the legacy that people have been waiting a long time for some of these things. So for sure, by all means, reinvent that banquet. And if you find out a lot of people really value it, even if some don't, how how can there be enough of a, a, a the the week being a celebration or or certain anchors, certain events that happen in your organization to celebrate milestones, um, to celebrate achievements like a you know a new quality award? Um, if we could do this in a way that honors people, uh, the newest student nurse to the environmental services aid, to the, uh, you know, the, the most seasoned, uh, professionals, frontline professionals. And don't forget the doctors. They often, we keep saying they're not part of the team. And yet do we ever make them part of the team? They are part of the team and celebrate them, you know? So look at all of the people that you really hope would celebrate this and make sure there's a way for them to get involved. Yeah, I love that because it really does take everyone, particularly in healthcare. This is mm-hmm. not a one or two discipline team. It takes every single one of us to make things work for the yeah. patients. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is just an incredible conversation and this is a good place for us to put a pin in it for today. I can't thank you enough, Sarah, for taking the time to be with us on Healthcare Soothsayers podcast. My pleasure, Bonnie. Thank you. And thanks to all of your listeners for everything you're doing to get us through COVID and what you do every day outside of COVID too. We have an amazing listenership. So thank you again for giving them something provocative to think about. And be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Sarah's contact information and to learn more about her work. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.